1: Welcome weary traveler. Need a short rest. Oh, I see. They said you'd be showing up about now. Come on, through the portal. Best not keep the lore mistress and more master waiting. You know how they get.
0: Robots Radio presents The Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. The best way for everyone from experienced Dungeon Masters
1: to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures,
0: and lore of Dungeons & Dragons. Hello and welcome to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. My name is Sergio.
1: And I am Mary.
0: And you are listening to our... First impressions episode for the newest official book from Dungeons and Dragons. Bigby presents Glory of the Giants. Uh, as of this recording, the official uh, the official book is not out. However, we uh, we through the pre-sale through the uh, digital mm-hmm. physical bundle. We're able to get yep. uh, pre-access, you know, pre-a sneak peek at mm-hmm. the digital copy of the book. And so we've been looking at this for, uh, since it pretty much debuted, uh, came out on the 1st of August. Uh, And so we're going to talk a little bit about it. We're going to give you some of the lore contained therein. This is Mm -hmm. a lore-heavy book.
1: Fresh, hot
0: lore. (laughs) I remember uh, I used to go to a grocery store and they would have someone like screaming out like, French bread, fresh, hot French bread. And... At the time, I thought it was charming, but now that I think about it, like possibly couldn't be anything more annoying than that. It's guess... like
1: the uh, beer guys at stadiums. Eyes cold beer. Yeah, yeah, but law, I mean, get your law. You expect you're that? Have to forgive that accent. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I've been reading nothing but Planescape, and that's the only voice that's narrating for me. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, the guy that it's, the it's very
0: Mort-like. So yeah, it's it's to be forgiven. Yeah. But speaking of Planescape, we'll be right back to all the Planescape lore very promptly um mm-hmm. yeah we definitely wanted to give a once over uh oh, for yeah. uh for glory once of the giants well, i once say once over. over but we're actually devoting a couple of patron plus installments to it as well yeah. <laughs> you <'cause>...
1: guys okay <laughs> we're gonna record it once over we've looked at it a couple more times than that
0: but yeah this is gonna be one it's we'll gonna go be a chonker for. of an episode and two mm-hmm. we've got uh mm-hmm. two patron plus installments for uh yep. for those uh fair folk of the patreon because, like mean, I said, it's, it's very lore heavy. Uh, but first and foremost, we need to address the elephant in the room, which Are you sure is it's an elephant. Um, the, the 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 digitally <laughs> we'll the
1: dragon in the room.
0: The digitally composed dragon in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know the the revelation that there was AI used in uh, in some of the artwork in the book. Uh, we're going to read uh, D and D's official statement. Right. And then and then put our own thoughts to it really quickly mm-hmm, before mm-hmm, we dive mm-hmm. in. Uh, today, we became aware that an artist used AI to create artwork for the upcoming book, Big B Presents, Glory of the Giants. We have worked with this artist since 2014, and he's put years of work into books we all love. While we weren't aware of the artist's choice to use AI in the creation process for these commissioned pieces, we have discussed with him, and he will not use AI for Wizards' work moving forward we are revising our process and updating our ar- artist guidelines to make clear that artists must refrain from using AI art generation as part of their art creation process for developing D&D art. Um, pretty cut and dry. Yep. Um, obviously, uh, issuing... As
1: it should
0: be. Yeah, issuing uh, a sort of mea culpa. Like, hey, like we uh, did not realize that they had used AI. And it's one of those things, like... You know this particular artist uh, has like they have all the way from the core rule books for fifth edition has yeah has done the work for them. And so it seems like it's one of those things like, but, you know, like we we really don't have to like look this over like we kind of
1: but this artist's profile is also heavily which is like
0: also weird, yeah,
1: like it's there's I have a hard time believing that they didn't that it wasn't known.
0: I mean, it's. I think for, it was yeah. more
1: of a eh, whatever, brush it under the rug, and if something comes up, deal with it kind of a thing. Because you know, they're not the artist isn't quiet about utilizing it, and that's absolutely fine. I don't mean that in any derogatory way. As a no, I, a I, would, tool, I would rather an artist
0: be, be upfront if they're going to do that. Yeah,
1: like hey, this is what I. Yeah, exactly. It can be used as a tool, but it it needs to be very. There's a lack of transparency, right? Yet again, and that's problematic,
0: right, right, and so um from the statement, it seems as if you know moving forward, they're not going to allow any sort of AI art to be um one like you know um used in a book and two even you know like as, as references as and uh yeah so it's um which again, like if you want to use AI by all means mm-hmm. do so that's fine. yeah, that's fine um However, like you said, you know, be transparent about it, be upfront about Mm -hmm. it. Let whoever may be uh, patronizing whatever work that you are supporting, that whatever, you know, whatever your work may appear in. Mm -hmm. Um, Because personally, I like to pay artists for art. I like to pay human beings. Yes,
1: I would prefer it to be done that way as well. What with all of the issues that AI is having in addition to that, because I wouldn't want any of my creative works borrowed from and thrown in with anything else without me knowing or being spoken to about it. And it feels very invasive.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love um, one of our patrons, uh, Balari, posted a meme or posted, you know, a a, a, is it still called a tweet? Something that was posted on the X website.
1: Sure. (laughs) It's still a tweet.
0: Whatever they're calling Um, now. Okay, Um,
1: Yeah, we'll we'll call it. Is that like that's like five e? We're uh, it post, got named five e because posted of... an x. We xed, I guess. I don't.
0: Yeah, post. Yeah, somebody xed that. Um, someone had an archaeology website had an AI write an article on on the on the scimitar weapon, mm-hmm. and it accidentally scraped uh from D D and <laughs> brings up strength and dexterity. And so yeah, so obviously like you know, AI can be a useful tool, but to and, yeah outright wholesale say like hey this is we're going to start using this to replace artists both written and visual Uh, ah nah my guy don't want
1: any part of that Mm -hmm. yeah that's 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 a line for me i there are far too many amazing artists out there to waste like why would you i understand the easy route i guess people like cutting corners sometimes but there's far too many amazing artists out there i don't have enough money i want to buy art from all of them so
0: No, yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's you know, like I said, we wanted to address that really quickly. Now let's dive into the book itself, Mm -hmm. Uh, "Glory of the Giants." Bigby presents "Glory of the Giants." Like I said, very lore heavy. There are you know new monsters in its bestiary. Uh, There are uh, mechanics. uh, For example, there um, there's a new subclass option Mm -hmm. uh, for the barbarian, you know, path of the giant. Um, There are a couple of background options, um, Mm -hmm. including rune carver. Uh, which is that you you de- dedicating your life to studying runecraft that's
1: so cool see uh, i like the
0: other one i like the giant founding. like it's I as, like
1: i like them both it's i like yeah i'm i'm with you on that they're both they're both pretty solid though
0: though you aren't a giant you grew up among giants and so mm-hmm. uh like you have some like giant ways about you you know like mm-hmm. so uh and I, I love this idea of of backgrounds um like moving forward that's going to be more that and that's what informs your character rather right. than it's, you know it's adding the nurture and,
1: aspect of it instead of right. it's nature versus nurture it's nature and nurture is being added in there which is absolutely far more real and i think i think in the long run it's going to work really well for immersion for people too i think it'll add to that
0: no yeah absolutely so let's let's get into the lore Let's mm-hmm. let's talk about this battle worn and weary, bruised from her journey, Diancastra entered the all fathers hall with calm confidence. She claimed her due under the birthright of her blood, her father's gift of godliness. so the saga of the demigod Diancastra is it's this this epic poem in the the uh in the way of like the Iliad, the Odyssey sort of thing yeah. I, it's treasured by you know by the skulls and the storytellers among all manner of giants mm-hmm. it's uh there's a tw- there's a portion that's 12 stanzas long of the poem that's excerpted at the beginning of the book and it's probably it's uh one of its most popular scenes that describes how dyoncastra convinces her father to imbue her with divinity even though her mother was a mortal was a mortal giant right and so in you know, and this story is unusual among the saga of the giants because it describes uh, Anam's deeds. Anam being like the the All Father of of the of the giants mm-hmm. um, describes them as being in times dawning, and so it boldly proclaims that Anam collected the fragments of the first world, which was the mm-hmm. original world of the material plane, uh, created by our old friends Bahamut and Tiamat.
1: Hashtag
0: team <laughs> always and contributed in some way to their transformation <laughs> into the material plane that we know today as well. It's, you know, all the different worlds of the multiverse, you know, your, your, your orths and your faeruns and mm-hmm. your Krens. Uh Other sagas claim that Anam was, you know, as instrumental in the creation of the inner planes, mm-hmm. you know, slowly sorting through all the, all the, all the chaos of the elemental chaos. Until the, you know, the four different elemental planes took right. shape. And so all of these different, you know, stories and sagas and and, and epic well, poems, yeah. they all explain the giant's close ties to, or they, they they seek to explain the, their close ties to the elemental forces of air, earth, fire and water you right. know, by, by pointing to, you know, Anam's early efforts in the elemental planes. Mm hmm. And, you know, Diane costra's saga also summarizes the most central tragedy of giant kinds long history. Mm-hmm. And this is really kind of like the like the one point in in their sort of origin story in their history that that's kind of like where it's, you know, it would be it for like the for the MCU, you know, it'd be like, you know, the like Iron Man um being a what does he do he goes to you know to the I, middle you, east you're asking
1: the wrong guy i'm just waiting to see where this is going at this point
0: <laughs> like he goes to the middle east and, and gets captured and then becomes iron uh-huh. man and that's kind of like what you know, kick starts the whole like avengers initiative right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so this is sort of similar this is like what people point to as kind of like the most important thing which is that Anam intended the giants to rule over all the worlds of the material plane, Uh, but his six sons, who are the gods uh, Stronmas, Memnor, Surtur, Thrym, Scrosius, and Grolantor, they all failed to live up to their father's expectations for them. The biggest
1: letdown of giant time is that they, (laughs) sorry, dad, I'm not good enough.
0: What a giant letdown they all were!
1: Oh, a giant Ooh. letdown! Wah, wah, wah. Oh, look at you! It wasn't me this time.
0: I know. I feel like you led me into it, and I
1: would never lead a person yeah, up uh, to a pun. I, I feel it's like, like
0: you manipulated me into that pun, and I don't. You feel can lead
1: a lore master to a pun, but you can't make him speak. That was all on you, homie. Look, I will not take. I will not take the blame for that one.
0: <laughs> they're called boorish and bumbling by their sister, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it says it, it notes that you know, and and Dad didn't really like refute her on that point. did <laughs> it's like all my brothers are boorish and bumbling, and dad's just kind of like <clears throat> you right? Sip. I mean, like yeah, doesn't really like doesn't say like doesn't agree, but also doesn't say like no, they're not. Like just kind of like <clears throat> just like clears his throat, and <clears throat, takes a sip from his uh god pbr whatever i
1: don't know goblet I mean, checks yeah, but, the time even but, though watches don't exist right huh. yeah
0: he's all-knowing and omniscient omni um, uh omniscient so um so yeah uh anam's disappointment in his sons causes right. him to retreat to a hidden realm within the outlands far removed from the material plane and the domains of other gods right uh off the pout and another another key moment in Dian Castro's saga is the challenge that Anam presents to his daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, at first he dismisses, dismisses her deeds kind of like as pranks, as rebellion, just sort of, you know, capricious youth, right? And mm-hmm. sort of brings up this challenge to, and to bring him, quote, pure perfection. You know, something that, you know, for all of his skill, for all of his crafting ability, he is unable to improve. You Mm -hmm. know, obviously like making this, it's an impossible task in his mind, you know, like as as good as she'll never be
1: able to do it.
0: Right. Right. But Diane Castro surprises him journeying to the outermost reaches of the elemental chaos where unshaped elements form a tumult of energy and matter. And she claims this little like moat, this little like handful of raw chaos and brings it to her father. And so Anam quickly shapes it. He's like, ah, this, I know what to do with this. But he's, for some reason, unsatisfied with the results. He's like, ah, I could do better than that. So he, he shapes it again. Like, nah, that's, that's not it either. And he keeps reshaping it and reshaping it until mm-hmm. Diane Koster points out that, you know, every time you try to craft something from the chaos, you reduce its raw potential into mere actuality and so mm. i can just imagine like uh nom doing like a whole like you know my like you know <laughs> head exploded thing you know like mind blown um <laughs> zooms so, in right like you know, he looks confused <laughs> but then he's like you know what like that you're absolutely right and so you know this makes it makes a point you know that like Diane castra um is more than she's cl- not
1: it's not just yeah. It's not just tricky and clever. There's there's a, a some wisdom deeper.
0: there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in grant-
1: very fond of her already.
0: <laughs> in granting <laughs> his daughter's request for divinity, uh, Anam acknowledges that the you know same chaotic, changeable potential exists within his sons and their descendants. Their descendants, obviously, being the giant kind, you know, species right. that we see today. And ultimately, this acknowledgement holds out the possibility that Anam's faith in his descendants might be restored and that the All-Father might one day be drawn from his self-imposed exile. And that glimmer of hope, faint as it may be, is the most significant motivation for those giants who hope to reclaim their people's ancient glory. And obviously, probably accounts for why that you know Correct. that particular saga is so popular oh, yeah. among giants. you know it kind of oh, you know, yeah,
1: everybody wants to hear the story of the hero not, or the yeah, god,
0: how they're that, not completely screwed
1: how you're yeah, that's got that last little glimmer of hope, but maybe you could be the one to change it, like duh,
0: oh yeah yeah <laughs> I, absolutely, oh, sure. and so. Uh, the descendants of Anam are, you know, like I said, various creatures of the uh, giant creature type, you know, the precise details of genealogy linking Anam to these giants mm-hmm. are matters of mythology and the myths, you know, um, vary from world to world and from one teller to another.
1: Of course, as most things do, that came from the very beginning of time.
0: Right. Exactly. And so um you know giants believe that they were meant to rule the worlds of the material plane mm-hmm. and on many worlds historical records show that they once did you know yes. but their glory days are ancient history you know long before any smaller folk ever dreamed of writing history so right these things only really right. exist um you know in 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 storytelling it's in, in mythology. yeah it's it's
1: Mm -hmm. before like before the written histories of things i know that on like on toral for example um it the giants time when they were ruling things was at the same time that the dragons were also you know on the rise as well so it's, it's way ancient history the time of giants is also referred you know and the time of dragons that's the same period um when both came to rise uh but well, the giants, um, during this time period on had established a, um, they established their empire called Astoria, um, his, um, Anams, um I want to say Amon every time. And I'm so sorry for when it happens because it will,
0: this is your Avernus. This
1: is, this is it. Yes, this is it. And it's just because my brain's switching the letters in there. There's no reason for this, but here we are, um, so Anam's the first giants, the ones he fathered, those are the ones that he, he guided them and mentored them in order to create um, Astoria. Um, some say that the giants were only able to do this, though, because the uh, dragons were so busy, um, you know, all the conflict going on there, that there were empty spaces that uh, powers could rise and fill. And so if there's a need, it's going to happen. Right. Um, so the dragons and the the giants kind of had they coexisted, you know, for four millennia or so, with some some conflicts here and there, um, until they were they were goaded into war with the giant. When they went to war together, they were it, this was incited by a mighty red dragon. Um, I'm assuming it's pronounced Garrix and I just adore the little little nods to people in all the lore i keep exactly. finding them and yeah. they make me so happy exactly. every time i come across them the conflict between uh, the giants and the dragons is is remembered as the thousand year war um though it it definitely wasn't just like the entire the entirety of a thousand years of it continuing wars going on that long would be absolutely absurd you know um there were longer periods of time that were interrupted with you know, the widespread destruction, savagery, etc. Um, but by the end of that conflict, um, Astaria was pretty much reduced to a pale shade of its former glory. Um, and that was the aforementioned disappointment. Um, Anam turned right. his back on his descendants because of this. It's like that's
0: you couldn't they beat couldn't a bunch even... of dragons.
1: <laughs> really? You can't even deal with a bunch of dragons and with a bunch of know... flying
0: lizards. So ah.
1: Exactly. So for about uh, 30,000 years or so um, after the fall of Astaria, the giants have kind of spread out um, and live in seclusion. Um, They keep as far from the spread of the uh, smaller people's settlements, but, you know, from time to time, they are, you know, they are willing to jump in and help the little guys out if needed. Um, The more charismatic giants though however uh kind of made some more short-lived kingdoms um ultimately they were wanting to restore astaria but it's they haven't ever been a really strong driving force in toral um quite like they were in the dawn ages
0: and that's uh that's that's for forgotten realms
1: right yes that is that is forgotten realms that is that is a rune in the
0: so what about what about like other the other uh, oh yeah They're, campaign they campaign settings of the multiverse right
1: multiverse um so in greyhawk the uh giants of orth um had a again a mighty empire but this was a uh, founded by a nom in the distant past um but it's not recorded um in any of the extant histories of the world so it's kind of a There again, passed down through legend, it existed. People say so,
0: but (laughs) well, people say it existed. Then people said it wasn't being
1: there, right? So many of the even you know even without that, um, a lot of the giants of Greyhawk do um, revere the same set of gods, the sons of Anam. Um, Although others have been um, lured into service by various elder evils and some demon lords. Etc., you know, those things. Dragonlance. <laughs> um, uh, during the Age of Dreams, newly created peoples of Kren awoke to the first dawn of the world. Um, the first that woke up were the giant folk known as Irda, whose myths claim um, that they were actually shaped by the very hands of the gods. Uh, there are some interpreters of these myths um, that identify Takisis as their creator. This is the dragon queen, Ka in you know, other places. tiamat has been confirmed. Yes? Yes. 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 So there she is. my girl. Say it. Homie. <laughs> um, but um, while you know, there's some giant scholars on other worlds that think that Anam had to have helped her in the creation of them. Not that Tekis was not the only one creating them. He had to have been involved. What with them, you know, being his sons and whatnot. Um, the Erda quickly established like the first like strong nation of this new world um and subjugated humans um as this empire grew and they ruled this way for thousands of years, but eventually um decadent cruelty will bring an empire down and they so it, they say so they say, and they it absolutely did so it just things continued to decline until the human servitors finally said, hey there's more of us than you and we're done here and overthrew them while still there are more giants over on Eberron another of my favorite locations by the way um so after in the ashes of the war between the you know demonic forces and the angelic forces it left uh the primeval world kind of in ruins um there was an empire of giants born on the continent of Zendrik The giants dominated this continent uh, for millennia. Again, ruling over, once again, the many smaller peoples, which I love that it keeps calling them small folk or things of that nature. Because
0: I mean, that's that's what giants would call them. So the little peoples. Yeah.
1: Peony folks. Um, Which also, I like that this is included. It says, including elves who chafed under their rule elves didn't like it they don't like being not being in charge um so when the might of the giants began to finally like wane the elves were you know long-lived as they are they got a lot of time to um to let that brew in there to let that kind of marinate in their hate oh right now um so they they finally overthrew the elves rebelled right not overthrew they began to rebel um the giants were ready to use magic that would shatter the entirety of the world in order to smite them. Um, but the dragons of Argonessen attacked Zendric and brought that giant civilization to a fall instead. Looking like, you know, at no, we're not doing this. Although some giants still live there um, in the ruins of the ancient civilizations, um, both of their, both their numbers and their intelligence and sophistication have greatly it's diminished it's since that empire fell they've just gotten dumber and there's less of them
0: <laughs> right
1: <laughs> other giants um decided to leave Zendric and now live alongside the you know smaller peoples of the world um and others have even been known to study in some of the universities of the five nations um in order to lead. You know they've gone on to lead bands of marauders in Droam and to trade even with the uh, dwarf miners far beneath the surface of the Morroir Holds. Um, the giants of Eberron um, don't share the story though, or the legends of Anam as the All Father, and they also don't adhere to um, a strict structure like a hierarchy that they have, which is called the Ordning, um which get to in just a minute um but this is kind of that's probably likely due to eberron's isolation um within like kind of from the rest of the universe um but it's also possible that anam just after their when that empire fell he abandoned him just like he did everywhere else
0: yeah it could be one of those um things like oh no like like he like, so he abandons them and so like oh we don't even really believe in that dude anyway
1: right I do also know that as far as Eberron goes there's not the way that contact and interaction with the gods is for that location is different than what it is on like Faerun where everybody's the gods are very much involved in everything and in person and up and like up front with it whereas on Eberron they are not as right. it's it's not like that so that very
0: much hands-off yeah,
1: it's a very hands off like, yeah, thank you for, you know, the blessings and stuff, but the gods don't jump in and
0: <laughs> thank you for the blessings. But can you uh... so
1: long and thanks for all the fish along um... so and thanks for all the blessings.
0: <laughs> so the ordning that you yes. had mentioned earlier. So mm-hmm. they, this is how the giants of many worlds organize themselves. And it's, it's this complex social ranking. Right. Um, at the largest scale, it establishes the relative positions of the six main types of giants, with okay. storm giants at the top, mm-hmm. and then followed in order by cloud giants, fire giants, frost giants, stone giants, and then hill giants being down at the bottom, which is, you know, you would think them being on a the hill, they'd be at least closer to the top. But I digress. Uh, yeah, other- you do. other creatures of the giant type um, such as trolls and uh, eddings you know they're not counted as as part of the ordning right Um, so so, those
1: are giant type creatures not giants giants, as the species right that is the classification
0: and so essentially that puts them like at the very very bottom even below hill giants Um, and then at a smaller scale every giant has a precise place within the larger framework of the ordning and each kind of giant has a different way of assigning that place so uh, cloud giants they rank themselves based on wealth so if you're a cloud giant like where you are in that in that section of the ordning determines how rich is determined by how rich you are i was Um, so
1: hoping you were going to say fluffiness (laughs)
0: <laughs> like, how fluffy are you bro you're not that fluffy you're at the bottom uh fire giants is based on a crafting skill frost giants just raw brute physical strength so like i imagine a bunch of frost giants just like arm wrestling each other uh, oh my
1: gosh Gi- all these icy bros
0: essentially yeah like all these like, like icy gym bros um stone giants it's based on a combination of artistry and and rock throwing. So a little bit, you know, it's, you can't just be the emo or the jock. You gotta have a little of both.
1: Oh, uh, no, it's the, no, that's got that whole, oh, who's this like emo kid from somewhere else, but he has a really good arm vibe. Like, are you kidding me? It's the quarterback sunshine for remember the Titans. That's what energy that has. Well,
0: then that those are stone giants, uh, <laughs> hill giants oh. give their respect to larger and stronger giants without putting much thought into their own, like, hierarchical ranks. Like, they they obviously, like, they're like, okay, y'all are above us, but beyond that, like, it's, it's whatever. I kind of vibe with the hill giants in that respect.
1: Yeah. It's like, all right, uh, this is where we are. Cool. Uh,
0: only storm giants, largely solitary and, you know, imagining themselves above such petty concerns. Right. Have no, have zero interest in ranking themselves.
1: Yeah, because, oh, it's, it's just a number. It's not that big of a deal. I mean, when they're already at
0: the top. <laughs> they're, Oh, yeah. They're already at the top, so. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess they don't, don't want to hurt anybody else, any of their own feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless of a giant's ranking within its own kind, no giant can transcend the ordaining of the six giant kinds. So the most accomplished fire giant artisan. Like, so, you know, yeah. that's how they, that's how they rank. Fire giants within their own section of the ordning, uh, how good of a craft, you know, how good your crafting skill is. So right. even the best one still ranks below the poorest cloud giant, which wealth is how cloud giants do their whole thing, which right. is kind of wild. So, to quickly summarize ordning ranks the six main families of the giants. And then mm-hmm. each family's place in the ordning corresponds to the birth order of that associated son of Anam. So right. Stonmus Anam's firstborn is regarded as the progenitor of storm giants mm-hmm. and Grolantor, progenitor of the hill giants is Anam's youngest son. So depending mm-hmm. on where where when you're when your giant god was born it determines mm-hmm. where you're stuck in life I guess. Man. <laughs> it's, it's it's a hard knock life. Um, Apparently. So storm giants astronomus cloud giants memnor fire giants tortor frost giants thrym stone giants scorius and hill giants like i said is grolantor and so yeah i mean it's just that's that's how things shake out and that might be another reason why the giants of eberron kind of issue that they're like yeah you know what if this fire giant is as ice cold at crafting as he is like he should be able to bump up right
1: right right ron is just kind of like hands off they guys like look just say thanks sometimes and <laughs> do what you're supposed to do i guess i don't know
0: what uh what this neat little structure does though is uh-huh. it overlooks the daughters of anam i uh, noticed this hiati uh elanius and of course diancastra mm-hmm. You know, and these goddesses and their worshipers often push against the boundaries of the ordaining for obvious reasons, you know, both within each kind of giant and in the overall rankings of the giant families. Uh, And while no giants count the goddesses as ancestors, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but that helps ensure their popularity extends across giant kind though. So you would have like the smaller folk perhaps You know, if not worship, at least you know uh, pay homage to one of these one of these female giant gods.
1: I mean, because it's outside of that, it's outside of that hierarchy. If you want to look outside of just being ranked by what you are, that's where you turn to, would it not be?
0: Oh yeah, exactly. Uh, And so uh, the structure of the ordine also overlooks the Fomorians and their Uh progenitor. going to
1: say, they're missing another. We missing another one.
0: Uh yeah, we are uh their progenitor, Karantor, uh, who is usually described as Grolantor's older twin. Uh Karantor is the giant god of disfigurement, of oh. hate, <laughs> uh, who was exiled in ages past for his acts of spiteful envy. And so he plots his revenge from the cold depths of the red prison. Ooh. Uh, and so just as Anam banished uh, Corantor from the family of the gods for his part in inciting the Fomorians to assault the Feywild, the Allfather also excluded Fomorians from the Ordning. So it's like, hey, like, essentially, like, hey, your dad is in trouble. So y'all are in trouble, too.
1: Guilty by association.
0: Right, right. Uh, so once uh, and then there are also death giants. Who um we will be talking about in a Patron Plus installment because there's a lot of cool lore associated with death giants.
1: They're pretty neat.
0: Uh they were once cloud giants, uh and technically have the same rank in the ordining as you know everyone else that comes yeah, that comes from from Memnor. However, <laughs> but, by <laughs> turning however <laughs> by turning away from the gods of their ancestors to serve the Raven Queen, our old our old galpa the Raven Aww. Queen. Uh, they her. they have abdicated uh, their place in the ordning
1: oh i see oh because they weren't worshiping dear old dad
0: right they're like oh you want to worship the raven queen all right fine Then you're oh. out of the will
1: you're gonna you know be in my pa my my pantry Pantreon. nope <laughs> pantheon patreon i thought you were gonna pantheon. say pantry Bye.
0: And I was like, <laughs> "That my picture. Sense. You
1: got to follow my rules. Exactly. You're I'm gonna, saying. you're
0: gonna eat my Orville Redenbacher. You're gonna eat <gasps> my goldfish.
1: Just get in my goldfish crackers. I will fist fight at somebody over some goldfish crackers.
0: Uh, really. We got you know, we discussed some of the other creatures of the giant type, you mm-hmm. know, who are like, like you mentioned, they're not in the category right. of giants, but they're connected to Anam, but not descended from him. So you right, got right, uh, right. trolls and ogres.
1: Mm-hmm. uh
0: The monstrous god, Vaprak, is connected to Anam in some myths, though he is never regarded as a proper son of Anam.
1: I'm pretty sure that's pronounced Vaprak. Ba- <laughs> Vaprak. Uh,
0: the dwarvish saga of Naraldin, the steel shield, describes how Vaprak arose from Anam's blood when it was spilled on one of the worlds that he tended. And then the trolls in turn arose from Vaprak's blood, uh, from his bloodshed really? in a similar manner. Uh, mm. And then the ogres uh, often you know, uh, described as descendants as well, giving them mm. this distant and distorted Kinda, connection yeah. to Anam uh Onia I mean, to, my mom's um,
1: cousin's three times removed
0: right yeah like, yeah, like second cousins twice removed uh-huh. um and then Onia as well kind of the same uh, same thing as ogres but they're like some you know at this point they're more fiendish than giant um you got the cyclops uh and even though there are conflicting legends explaining right. the origins of the cyclops um none of them are told by the cyclops themselves since they really have like don't seem to care about their origins or their connections <laughs> to the gods. People um, have a
1: lot of a uh, lot of explanations for it, but none of them are from the people that they're about.
0: Right, right. And so you know, some <laughs> myths lump them in with ogres as right. descendants of aprac uh, Others claim that they were once ogres. You need to watch who, Mars Attacks. <laughs> who joined <laughs> in uh, the Formor, uh, Fomorian's invasion of the Feywild?
1: Feywild. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, and then, so they had they shared their banishment to the Underdark. And in the resulting corruption of their physical forms. Of course. Uh, and then another myth suggests that uh, Cyclops are descendants of Korantor, like the Fremorians, but stemming from a line that began after his banishment rather than before it. Okay. So like, you know, whereas the Fremorians is like, hey, you guys already exist. And since your dad's in trouble, you're also in trouble. Right. After that happened, Korontor is like, I don't know, like, started us you know, got remarried started a new family
1: family?
0: yeah (laughs) and then there are Edens, which um you know uh, widespread folklore suggests that they were once orcs who were transformed into their um giant-like form by a and i use the term loosely uh blessing of the demon lord demogorgon Hmm. Um and if that's true then they have no connection to Anam and couldn't be considered kin of the giants. Right. Um even though most giants acknowledge Eddins as distant relatives and consider them descendants of Grolantor and so obviously like thus distant cousins or something of the right. giants. Right. Or that they were hill giants who were Oops. then transformed by Demogorgon.
1: Oh. Okay.
0: Um and then you got Goliaths and Ferbolds. Uh, In addition to these creatures that are, you know, classified as giants, uh, you know, two humanoid kinds also claim distant kinship to these heirs. Right. So Uh, both
1: the uh, player species and the uh, enemy.
0: Right, right. And so their connection to Anam is obviously distant, but, you know, some individuals among both peoples hold giants in high regard and even worship the divine children of Anam and also especially his daughters. So there you go.
1: They should be getting some love. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> so what? What does a what does giant society look like? What is? It's huge. I can't reach a damn thing. I, um, I walked right into that one.
1: <laughs> you did. Which is easy because the doors are super tall.
0: Just um, just read the damn word They're
1: it's not. <laughs> Get back to that <laughs> They're not as there's not a lot of them. They're not as numerous. Um, as a lot of the other various, like the normal humanoid creatures and what we typically see. Uh, so they're, and and they also um, prefer to live with others of their own kind, kind of keep to themselves. Um. Keeping appropriate sized animals as pets. Um, while they prefer to live with their own kind, um, they often share their living space with smaller people. Um, but they did keep appropriately sized animals as pets and you know, work animals and things like that, which must have been terrifying for the little people. <sighs> I'm just gonna say it. Um there are though, uh some giants are more unless they're, you know, reclusive or exiled, which does happen as it does in other societies. Um, most of them are social, but they live by choice or circumstance. They end up having to live alone. Um they'll establish their layers in more remote places, um or tend ancient ruins or into enclaves that have been more recently abandoned um there are some that wander the world they want to learn about as much of it as they can um others are hermits who just want to seek spiritual enlightenment in solitude some of the reclusive giants enjoy their solitude but there are those that um are desperately lonely or kind of eager to find a place where they can live among their own kind and I love the shouted extra note that got put in here for me
0: when i read that about the reclusive giants enjoying their solitude i Get just out of my song. i couldn't help but think of shrek <laughs> and even though he's an ogre like as we've established ogres have a loose connection to a nom and right. can be considered, you know, in the category of giants. And so, I mean, if anything, short, short, Shrek. is, <laughs> Shork
1: is the Wish.com
0: version <laughs> of Shrek. Uh, when you order Shrek off of Wish, you get Shrek. Uh, Shrek is, at the very least, lore accurate. And I appreciate that. Yes.
1: Or is the lore written based on Shrek? Because, come on.
0: Well, I mean, Shrek is only like twenty years old, right? Whereas the Giant Lord dates back, back yeah, to right. you know, going on years. going on fifty years. Come twenty twenty four.
1: I guess I don't know. That sure sounded awful Shreky, though. I, I'm inclined to agree. There are others, though, that aren't uh, like choosing <laughs> to be on their own, exiled sorts. Um, ah these giants who are very low in the ordning might, um, choose exile or, you know, in order to leave their own kind and maybe lord over some lesser creatures, or there are those that turn to worshiping of interloper gods and are cast out of the existing giant societies. Um, these guys might go find themselves a place among worshipers of those same gods. Um, Occasionally, though, there are giants that take up residence in some of these bigger, bustling, full-on humanoid cities. Um, they might get some attention, but aren't necessarily, not necessarily openly hostile attention, but it would definitely be noticeable. Um, those that live among smaller folk uh, tend to naturally grav- to- gravitate. Gravituate? What?
0: <laughs>
1: be very, very very quiet, quiet.
0: these giants are about to gravitate
1: <laughs> it was either that or it went uwu. they tend to gravitate to positions of importance such as business owners or crime lords oh no oh no giant crime lords
0: are you, are you better now that you got it out of your system
1: let <laughs> me get back to a normal speaking voice now these guys that are these, you know, crime lords, business owners or whatever, they uh, kind of surround themselves with luxury like a, uh, like a crime lord would, you know, very aristocratic types. It happens. Um, Sometimes taking on the role of patrons for you know, artists or various adventurers or take it upon themselves to teach smaller folk various things. Um, Most commonly, though, if you're out and about in the world, you're not going to run into like big groups of these guys. You're going to see two or four maybe at a time. Um, Usually they're, you know, together for some common purpose, Um, often warriors engaging in hunting, raiding or on a mission um, on behalf of the leader of their community. Um, Sometimes they're religious um, in nature, small community dedicated to the service of a god uh, whether it's a member of the ordning or the interloping gods it's kind of you know either way um or if they're you know and they're they're just out there pursuing uh those gods interests in the world band could also be groups of young giants that are just trying to experience the world before they get tied down and crushed by society and adult life
0: as we all are as we all are
1: Um, Although, you know, a giant band um, might also be accompanied by, you know, pets or other creatures that share their purpose or are there to do the giant's bidding. Most giants uh, live in family groups, uh, four to six adults from multiple generations, and then one or two younger giants with them as well. Um, All the family members do their part um according to their abilities to you know take care of the household doing household tasks you know hunting gathering cultivating food like all of that stuff everybody kind of does their part with their skill level uh these groups usually include um at least one person that's got some sort of an exceptional abilities like uh giants that happen like wield magic and stuff like that so they've got they know a guy that's not just a basic guy
0: okay okay
1: um total population of a studding um would typically include you know eight to 12 adult giants um including the leader and then like three to five younger giants altogether. together so an entire that's the entirety of a, their small little studdings that they are creating um sometimes a few ettins org, or 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 ogres and as many go. as a couple dozen humanoids might also live there alongside them. Um, animal companions, sometimes uh, you might find elementals or even a dragon could also live in a giant studding with them. Mm. Uh, while the larger ones are rare, um, they do exist. Uh, and they're typically, you know, clusters of family groups and are like studying close together close proximity and choosing one guy as a leader for all of them. So larger, larger settlements. Um, Mountain might have several steadings and households at uh, different points along the slopes of it. Um, The example given here is a uh, is a vast underdark chasm um, that uh, would have many caves in the walls, each of which holds a giant steading linked to the others by a tangled network of bridges. So, stettings that are parts of a larger settlement um, are arranged geographically. Um, that's also done by their ordning ranking of the giants who live there. So, whoever gets the, the higher up you are, the better spots you're going to get. Really,
0: they really stick to that, don't they?
1: They do. It's it's everywhere. Fair enough. Uh, the like the, Exactly. So like the sovereign studding might be up at the uh, peak of the mountain or the very depths of the chasm, depending on what's preferential for each guy. You know, do your own thing. Um, High status giants populate uh, nearby studdings, while the lower ranking giants would live the farthest away from it. So like the smaller settlements, um, the larger ones are also likely to include, you know, humanoid inhabitants as well as their like their companion animals. Other creatures that are, you know, the giant type as well, you would also sometimes find here the uh, ettins and ogres, cyclops. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs>
0: that was not planned by any. <laughs> that was or... not
1: planned. No, it just it happened. Yeah. Sometimes it just happens. Um, but they're usually divided among the component settings. Um, sometimes they live in different part of the settlement altogether, like on the lower, like the lower slopes of a mountain for example. So you know that there's the about the society but are there do they have like mercenary groups and guilds and stuff like people do as well different organizations?
0: Uh yes Mary they do. Uh so uh-huh. uh Glory of the Giants talks about a couple of different of the uh, a couple of different organizations that giants have um such as Giants of the Hidden Rune uh that are active across many of the worlds of the material plane. Uh, on worlds that, you know, that have had giant empires in the ancient past, mm-hmm. you know, such as Ostoria in the Forgotten Realms and the giant empire of Zendric and Eberron, members of the Hidden Rune venture into these ruins of the of these lost civilizations to collect, you know, any writings, any technology, any artifacts that they may find. And so, and then on the worlds that really don't have historical records of such mm-hmm. past glories... Um, like Kryn, members of the organization nevertheless search for any remnants of an empire that might have been forgotten. Hmm. And so if traveling giants from other worlds discover a rare world where giant civilization is flourishing, they strive to document every aspect of that civilization. Yep. And I love that that there's a myth behind the name, you know, Giants of the Hidden Rune. Uh, According to this story, Anam gave the great giant empires of the past access to a rune of such enormous power that it guaranteed their dominance over the world. But when the empires fell, one of the giant gods, um, Diancostra in some versions, yeah. took the rune and hid it. Uh, Ooh, and, so the, and so the giants of the hidden rune hoped to find it and then use its power to once again restore right. you know their ancient might uh to the giants of the hidden ruin the children of anam are in this temporary state of decline you know a sort of like a pause between you know just wait for it one of these days yeah like you know a pause between two great moments in their history you know this is just sort of like a, a slight dip and so the mission of this scholarly order is to collect you know the accumulated learning of the past and then to preserve it so that a future giant civilization can then use it and build upon it. Uh, A key assumption underpinning their entire work is that these ancient empires sprang from a common source. You know, maybe Anam and his sons, or just perhaps just a single solitary civilization that then colonized other worlds. Either way... By gathering as much information as possible about these ancient empires, you know, they hope to piece together a picture of you know, the proto empire behind them all. Right. Um, myths and histories include many explanations for the decline of the giant's ancient empires, um, for Anam's abandonment and of his descendants. And it is the stewards of the eternal throne. Uh, who posit that the ancient giants failed in their responsibility to care for the lesser peoples of the world.
1: I mean, it kind of sounds like maybe they did.
0: (laughs) So these are very much your, like, you know, your knights, your paladins. Mm -hmm. Um, And instead of tending, so they believe that instead of tending the worlds that Anam made and, you know, guiding their inhabitants toward greater wisdom and prosperity, Mm -hmm. that giants just tried to rule. Uh, and yeah. tried to exploit and tried to subjugate. And for this sin, you know, they believe that Anam cast down the giant's empires and turned his back on his children. And only by undoing that can giants return to their intended place in Anam's creation and regain his favor. Mm. So, yeah, so the hopeful stewards, giants. hopeful giants. So, the stewards of the eternal throne. Like I said, they're organized like a, like a nightly order. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many chapters uh, encompass all the stewards who live across a wide geographical region, you know, perhaps a continent or perhaps the entire world um, and is always led by a chief steward. You know, each uh, chapter is independent from all the others uh, and the chief stewards of different chapters rarely meet and coordinate their efforts, efforts, Mm -hmm. which seems a little productive a little bit uh, yeah
1: (laughs) it's like that's not really i mean okay hold on it's not really hurting anything but like but maybe maybe shooting an email
0: back and forth you know
1: yeah this could have been a text
0: um but so they they rarely meet they rarely coordinate their efforts except in cases where some evil arises that threatens an entire world or even multiple worlds Um, These uh, members swear an oath of service to the order's mission. Uh, The specifics of the oath vary from chapter to chapter, but the fundamental tenets Mm -hmm. are pretty much the same, which is stewardship. You know, we are custodians of the worlds, not rulers, and we work to preserve what has been entrusted to our care. Uh, Protection. Smaller and weaker peoples deserve our protection, not subjugation. We are strong and shelter the smaller folk behind our strength Uh, education is a third one though we have forgotten much of the wisdom of our ancestors we strive to ensure all peoples can pursue wisdom learning and enlightenment and finally peace we foster peace among all peoples all who desire to live peaceably together are welcome among us um, so, and I'll, I'll discuss the third organization that the, that the book goes into, but of the three, I think that's the one I vibe with the most for sure.
1: I, I vibe most with the world root circle.
0: Oh, do you? Okay. So, I, I mean, did. that makes sense because you're very much I a mean, Druid in real life. It, uh, yeah. So the world root circle, there's this, uh, saga that's chanted among the giants in that group. That describes a great tree that grew on the first world at the dawn of time. And this tree was planted and tended by the elven god Coralon. Mm-hmm. And this tree was a seedling of the mighty Yegdrasil, the world tree that connects all the outer planes. And so when the first world was destroyed, seeds from this great tree scattered into the void of the material plane. And so some myths say that Anam nurtured each of these seeds. Until they sprouted and formed worlds of their own, and these worlds now constitute the material plane. I love Giants, those kinds
1: of creation stories.
0: Giants of the world root circle tell the story as a way to remember their purpose, which is um, they imagine themselves as Anam's gardeners, you know, tasked with tending the roots of all mm-hmm. the worlds he made. You know, and on some worlds, they literally tend. A great world tree that they believe to be a seedling of the tree from the first world, Mm -hmm. and on other worlds they believe some other geographical feature is the quote root of the world, Uh, you know something like a like a towering mountain or a yawning cavern deep under Mm -hmm. the mountain, you know, or meter meteorite in an enormous crater, like something you know, some sort of geographical, I guess, like oddity, maybe.
1: Yeah, just a very a very
0: something notable
1: awesome but in the in the way not, of inspiring awe
0: right not in the like shaka shaka nar nar way but, yeah yeah
1: like but inspiring in the, awe yeah, something right. magnificent <laughs> like that i could see how that is you
0: know right yeah something just something so like, bigger breathtaking and awe-inspiring mm-hmm. that you have to believe that that has to be that has you know, to be a higher gods. power right yeah <laughs> uh i just keep imagining like some giant be like oh awesome bro Uh, So whatever forms these roots take, the giants believe they are the nexus points linking the worlds to each other and to the outer planes. And so when giants of the world root circle gather at the the roots of their worlds, Mm -hmm. they perform rites meant to preserve these Mm -hmm. roots to nurture the health of the world and enable a mystical communion among members of the order, both the ones present and those on other worlds. And much like humanoid druids, like Lore Mistress Mary, mm-hmm. uh, these giants strive to maintain the forces of nature in their delicate balance and oppose any forces, uh, even the forces of gods such as Surtur and Thrym, like actual sons of Anam, that threaten to elevate one element over the others or to distort the elements beyond their natural proportions.
1: Exactly. I'm just saying.
0: Gotta Power. be balanced, man. Gotta have that balance. Speaking right of now, balance, the element
1: of fire is out of control here on the plain of Texas.
0: Oh, absolutely. For real. Some, somebody. So we need oh. our, our world root circle druid uh, giants doing their job here. Uh, but we speaking balance of balance, uh, we have a balance to the show. <gasps> we have to have a middle of it.
1: There's and, a middle.
0: And in the middle we do all sorts of stuff. So let's jump right into it and we'll come back and talk about some of these uh, giant gods. They're huge, you're gonna love it. Welcome to the middle of the show, where of course, we do all manner of things the first and foremost, what we do is we we thank our listeners and in particular, we thank our patrons. Mm-hmm. uh Thank you so much for supporting the show in this way. if uh you are interested in joining the the likes of the fair folk of the patreon joining their ranks you can do so by going to patreon.com slash D&D Lorecast. Uh, any, any tier that you get comes with the benefits. You can get a sticker pack. You can get uh, bonus content. We do one bonus episode plus two patron plus installments mm-hmm, every month. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also get free merchandise. Uh, you can get uh, us playing in a session with you. All sorts of cool stuff. And you're oh, yeah. also you know supporting the show. In a mm-hmm. very unique way that it allows us to do cool stuff like, um, mm-hmm. like pay art, like pay human being artists, Who
1: pay our <laughs> artists, and have work done by humans,
0: uh, by human beings, <clears> humans. <throat> so yeah, please do so. Check that out if you are interested, mm-hmm. and if you um, just want to support the show in general, you can absolutely do so in in a whole bunch of different ways. There's
1: so many ways. There's so many ways. Also. But that, uh, that, uh, the patron stuff that gets you an invite, you get an invite to join us.
0: Oh yeah. Every month on the patron round, every table.
1: month on the patron round table, but it's okay. If you're not, you know, if you're not in the way of doing the Patreon thing, that's okay. Um, go check us like on any of the apps that you're listening to us on now, go rate us. It was us five-star rating or, you know, tell us if there's an issue, give us feedback. We're cool with that too. Um, if you want to chat with us, you can find us on all of the social medias. All of them. We're on the Instagrams, we're on the TikToks, um, we're we're, we're on, oh man, I don't want to say we're on X, that sounds not cool. I
0: mean, it doesn't, but we're there.
1: We're there. We're over there on Uh, the social media site known as X, formerly known as Twitter. Um, All of those are at DNDLoreCast.
0: Run like, a few of the uh, Twitter clones. We're uh, on, blue, oh yeah, this is right. Squ- squ- keep blue sky this is thread. This is yeah. true.
1: hmm Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to get a comprehensive list.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's kind of seeing how this whole thing shakes out.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, see, I'm notified whenever the rest of the uh, whenever the rest of the uh, X receivers, tweet receivers. That's when I find out that you've joined social media for <laughs> us. Right. It's usually where it is, but yeah, if you want. Uh, if you would like something a little less chaotic than that scene, um, you could also just email us straight to us. You don't have to deal with other people. That's uh, dndlorecast at gmail.com, or you can talk to us over on our channel on the Robots Radio Discord, or join our Discord that is just us and a bunch of D&D nerds. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> it's it's where I spend most of my time online, to It's be true.
1: It is. There it's it's a pretty great place to hang out. Everyone in there's fantastic. But yeah, you can uh any of the ways to be social.
0: Yeah, and and on our Discord you can talk about your latest session, like something mm-hmm. awesome that happened. You can ask for advice from the peanut mm-hmm. gallery. You know, you got a campaign brewing or you got I you know. want to build a character. Oh, boy,
1: are they opinionated?
0: Uh you can discuss video games. You can mm-hmm. even discuss uh, there's a mm-hmm. sports channel if if you're into oh, if you're yeah. not just into uh fantasy D D, but you're also into like fantasy football, you can I also th- discuss
1: that. I will say I forget we have a sports channel that might be the only channel the war mistress has muted. Because <laughs> I know you got it.
0: I mean, yeah. I <laughs> I'm mean, not worried about it. I mean that was really a, a, that was that was like, for you. I mean it was kind of for me, but like I know like our you know our friends text uh, who is a hockey fan mm-hmm. uh, and a pro wrestling oh, fan yeah. oh, as yeah. well as uh dark who is a hockey fan you know and you never know you know you never know what kind of venn diagram is going to show up and like i said <laughs> it's, it's, it
1: takes all kinds it exactly. takes all kinds and i i absolutely love it
0: and so that being said like you know there's all manner of things and of course if you want to talk about something other than D D, we've got a cool channel for other ttrpgs mm-hmm. you know you were just talking about um you know someone posted a meme about um with the grim reaper going oh, past several doors yes. you <laughs> yes. know the grim reaper being wizards of the coast and you know having passed, yeah having already slaughtered ravenloft and spelljammer dragonlance and then knocking on the planescape door next um you know which is you know <laughs> sure <laughs> uh but you know then we had a discussion and like most of the most of the uh the consensus was that ravenloft was dope it, uh, yeah. Spelljammer, a eh, uh, little sparse.
1: Yeah, I think Spelljammer was again. I feel like it was an appetizer, like it was a test,
0: like to see, like you know, if, if yeah, go ahead. Old...
1: put out enough of it to get people interested, to spark people that would be interested in it, to see how much interest there is before releasing and um dumping a lot of money into creating content for it. Because if it's not going to sell well, unfortunately. Right. You're not going to get it officially from wizards that way.
0: And then dragon lance was, I <clears throat> thought was a very solid effort. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, just a lot of, you know, the, the five E hate that.
1: Oh gosh. Yeah. There's so much of it. There's it's. And it's not a consistent feeling for everybody that plays older editions. I don't general, I would not be generalizing in any way, just throwing this out there. Um, But it, it, <laughs> <laughs> they keep trying to the claim that it's murdered things because it's changed the dialect has changed to reflect society's um evolution essentially um and things like that and people are hunting for a nostalgia that you're not going to get you can play your favorite video game a thousand times and you will never recapture that first feeling and that's no, what yeah. i think people are still exactly. trying to hunt for and i i feel like we're we're inching closer I think this specific drop that we're discussing currently, in glory of the giants, has been it's 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 solid. It's a good effort.
0: A lot of good lore for sure, and a lot of good lore, yeah. You know, and I I brought up the point that um it's kind of like the music industry where like you know mm-hmm. you're only going to hear you know what the people and like the the head honchos want you to hear like on the radio. Mm-hmm. You know, like if whatever like the major labels want to push, the major labels in this case being wizards, whatever they want to push. Is what, you know, general populace is going to get. But, you know, if you want to play something else or if you have no interest, if you have no interest in playing D&D or if you just want to play something else, you can still find stuff to play. You absolutely Mm -hmm. can. There are so many other games that you can play. And I and I want to emphasize this, like if you don't want to play D&D, that's cool.
1: Don't do it. Then Yeah, like I don't want to hear
0: about it, though. Like I don't want to hear (laughs) why. Like I don't want to hear how much you hate this edition compared to past editions. Like mm-hmm. I don't care to hear the negativity.
1: That's it's it's unfortunate and I understand that there's going there's there's gonna be upsets when something changes or from when something you've really enjoyed shifts even, but it doesn't have to be negative like that. You don't like that part of it, cool. How many other TTRPGs are there? At least
0: four. <laughs> At, at least. least four. No, there are literally hundreds <clears throat> of different games you can play. Yeah, and you know what? If you are super psyched about something else, tell me about that. Don't don't waste my time oh, yeah. telling me why you hate this latest edition of D and D, or or you know, you know why why you only still play Advanced D and D first edition. uh I want to you- see
1: why you're excited. I want to see I want to see the artwork that pulled people in. You are more interested in the mechanics of all the different TTRPGs and my brain just doesn't collect them the way yours does. And that's fine. I want to see all the pretty things. I want to know what inspires you and what pulls you where and see those aspects in it as well
0: like sell me on the things that you mm-hmm. love like if, if it's a diff, if it's a different edition tell me like you know tell me like why the, you know why you love it so much not in comparison to why you know 5E is so terrible or whatever just like i love this because blank and you're more likely at least for me but i'd say in general you're more likely to to have someone hear you out if you come from a place of like hey man this is what i'm excited about let me talk to you about it rather than hey this is what i hate let me complain about it nonstop
1: there's there's still there's so much that there's also possibly things people are missing that they're talking about hating. It's because you haven't found it yet or someone hadn't showed it to you yet. So that's why those conversations and positive manner are also beneficial.
0: No. Yeah. I mean, like I I will never, you know, downgrade someone for the mm-hmm. games that they want to play. If oh, no. they're like, hey, like I I just like playing D&D 5e because it's really easy to learn. That's what all my friends know. That's what we play. Mm-hmm. And that's the only game I play. I'm like, that's awesome, man. I'm so glad you're having fun. <laughs> I'm one of those
1: guys. I like 5e. I do. The older stuff, it's all brand new to me. And the content's interesting. But my brain automatically programs it for 5e. And that's
0: if, my you, thing. if you don't want to play 5e... You know, tell me why you're excited about you know Dungeon Crawl Classics, mm-hmm. or why you know OSC is your jam. Mm-hmm. Or I want to hear know... about
1: people's Pathfinder games too. Absolutely. I want to hear about everything. Mm-hmm. You know, like
0: the more excited we get people about TTRPGs in general, you know, the better everything will be. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are oh, if yeah. you are if you think that you know Wizards is just sailing, you know, just coasting on the on the brand. And just putting out subpar content because you know they own that much of the market share then you know talk up other games you know in a positive mm-hmm. manner you know and and those games will then you know start knocking on the doors you know i i'm a huge pro wrestling fan and so you know the wwe was the name the pretty much the only name in the game for so long mm-hmm. and there are other smaller companies but it wasn't until you know one other company wcw became so popular and it made, started making so much money that, you know, WWE was pretty much at death's door and they were forced to innovate and to do stuff they had never done before in order to, you know, make the fans That's happy. That's
1: how evolution happens. And
0: yeah. And so if, you know, without competition, you know, no one's going to get better. Things are, things will stagnate for sure. Oh, absolutely. All that to yeah. say, just play what you want to play and be happy about it. And then come and tell share, us about and it. And then share sports. that joy with others. That's the middle of the show. It's uh, so really speaking uh well we'll just skip There's not really a whole lot of like news news. Uh we talked uh-huh. really about like the the biggest news of the week at the top of the show, but as far as the DM's Guild and stuff, um I found some really cool things that they're um it's a, it's part they're part of a five piece release that's going to come out uh every week in August. And it's from Chronicles of Lost Homes and they're all um they're all themed around giants, you know? And so the first is the Firbolg and Goliath dual origin. Uh, It's the first release of the August of the Colossus, which is what they're calling it. Um, And so they give you the first of their epic species of the dual origin system. Uh, It includes the giant primary species along with the Firbolg and Goliath subspecies. Um, And then they also have already released as at the time of this recording the second of the releases which is the playable hill and stone giant dual origin and i'll link to both of those in the show notes like i said it's it's part of a five piece release so we still got three more to go before the end of the month and they're all they're all they're all pay what you want so you know if you just want to check them out and see what they're all about you can definitely do so if you want to throw some you know some copper their way by all means do so but like i said this is this is exactly how things you know get better and how um mm-hmm. homebrew is paramount to the DD really experience is. i don't know i mean i don't know that i've ever played a game that didn't at least have some modicum of homebrew
1: oh it does even if you even if no one intends for it to it's gonna happen because of that human element no we yeah, can't I mean, help like, ourselves
0: at, at the second a player's like hey, could I do this? Because that and justifies it. And you're just like, uh-huh, you know what? That sounds uh-huh. pretty awesome. You're like, yeah, you can do that.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I love oh, it when I hear, hey, homebrew. DM. Yes?
1: Well, what kind of shenanigans <laughs> do you
0: have? <laughs> well, speaking of shenanigans, let's get back to the show and wrap Giant up the episode. shenanigans.
1: They're huge. <laughs>
0: welcome back to the show we're talking bigby presents glory of the giants and in the second half we're going to talk about gods and religion how do you feel about that
1: i am i am on board this part i (laughs) we both know this is kind of my area that i tend to drift towards in lore i love reading about and learning about the gods and the various like the religious aspects of it and how all of it ties together because you get to see the pulls from different um different groups and societies like culturally IRL and that part I think is always fun to see where the reflections are
0: no yeah absolutely so let's let's learn you something mm-hmm. about about learn giant, me something
1: new lower master
0: about giant gods and religion <laughs> uh so they you know the myths of the giants they you know they differ uh, in the details across the material plane but most of them portray Giants as descendants of a progenitor god, uh, usually um but goes by the name uh Anam, the all father. And we've discussed um, Anam previously. Um giants believe that they are nearly divine, as you know, direct descendants from this god, uh, and they're inclined to view their existence as part of a mythic story that is still unfolding. And unlike you know, some other more powerful, maybe or more ancient possibly creatures like Mm -hmm. dragons. Giants don't typically exalt themselves and demand worship from, you know, what would be considered lesser beings. Right. You know, rather they are often drawn to, you know, follow gods and sometimes other powerful beings who can help them live out their part in this epic saga that they feel is still unfolding. Uh, Most giants revere a pantheon of gods comprising of Anam and his divine children, which mm-hmm. you know we have already discussed, called the Ordning. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is like we said earlier, this is the archetype that structures giant society. Uh, the head of the pantheon is the all father, is Anam, but most giants view him as remote or disinterested, or mm-hmm. at worst, deeply disappointed. <laughs> oh, um, I know. That
1: hurts so bad
0: um who has little role to play in giant life um as is and then the other 10 gods generally recognized as his children you know are more Im- important or at least more active in most giants' views there you go so uh we're going to run through not all of the gods um we're going to cool. go through a few of them and then the other gods that we don't discuss We'll actually save for a patron, another patron plus installment. Like I said, there's a bunch of lore, so we got a patron there's plus a on little death little giants, a
1: little extra,
0: and then we got a patron plus on the um the remaining uh, giant god. So, uh, Anam, complicated figure, you know, depicted in a variety of ways in myths told across countless worlds of the material plane. You know, these stories have been altered, obviously, in in the the game of telephone that takes place over the course of a thousand years.
1: Ah, yes. You mean storytelling.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, in some myths, he's the creator of all the worlds, mm-hmm. uh, and other gods merely populated them. Um, uh, you know, Anam made peoples of their own creation. Uh, some myths often describe an ancient era where giants were the only people inhabiting the worlds, um, or that they right. at least shared the world with dragons. Mm-hmm. And other myths, uh, Anam works with other gods to create the worlds together. Uh, in fact, the Ancostra saga that we talked about at the top of the show mm-hmm. describes Anam as gathering the shattered fragments of the first world uh, and then spreading them across the material plane to create countless worlds. Mm-hmm. And then still other myths describe Anam as a sleeping god whose dreams formed the substance of reality and allowed other gods to create within it, which to me is that's like the, pretty cool i know like the the most the coolest and trippiest one of them all so i'm kind of like that's that's dope
1: that might be where i would lean i think
0: um yeah not because i believe it just because it's the coolest one mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. like do you want to know what i believe or what i think is the coolest
1: rule of there's cool. two different things that's gonna i'm sorry rule of cool is gonna win out at my table every <laughs> single time
0: uh anam is usually described as an all-knowing god who's deep learning You know, profound meditations and expansive philosophy offers uh, endless wisdom for his descendants to study. Uh, Occasionally, he's uh, seen as a trickster whose escapades around the world or worlds are greeted with uproarious laughter, but also serve as cautionary tales.
1: I love that so much.
0: And giants, uh, but giants on most worlds agree that Anam is no longer active in the affair of giants in the material plane. You know, some say that he's despaired over his mm. quarreling children, while others believe that he has lost hope in his descendants. You know, when their ancient empires fell into ruin, some claim that he is weakened after a long battle oh. against his brother Memnor, uh, who is also sometimes described as one of his own, one of his one of Anam's sons, mm. uh, and then it was forced to withdraw from the world until he regains his strength. And then still other dubious tales suggest that he fled the material plane to escape the consequences of some misadventure. There's
1: so much Norse. Little rascal. I know, right? Roman (laughs) in all of this. And I I just I'm Here for it, it. for sure. I Yeah, I needed this. Thanks, I needed that.
0: So Memnor, let's talk about Memnor really quick. He, or they're an ambiguous figure in the mythology of giants. You know, tales concerning him are so disparate that it's important It's possible that, you know, it's actually two different gods that exist with the same name because, you know, there's there's so much going on. There's so much going on. And sometimes like that that might not be the same person. Uh, More likely, uh, the confusion surrounding his nature and identity is a result of his own duplicity. In most myths, Memnor is constantly tricking and infuriating his father, drawing Anam's wrath down upon him and more often his brother's. Um, and in one myth, Memnor is actually not his Anam's son, but rather his sinister twin, constantly challenging his brother for control of the worlds.
1: Uh, so the light, dark argument. The, uh... Right.
0: In this tale, Anam defeats Memnor, but is left so weakened by the contest that he has to flee to his private sanctum, leaving his children to govern the affairs of the giants. Uh, Memnor is typically described as clever, persuasive on the one hand, uh, but sly and manipulative on the other. Uh, his brothers often suspect him of trying to usurp Anam's place at the head of the Ordine so that he is able to rule over all the affairs of giant kind. And among mortal giants, the same accusation is often leveled against his priests, but giants who revere him for his charisma and intellect just insist that he just, it's, he has the welfare of all giants at heart you know that right uh, Right. and we're just seeking to restore giants you know to their proper place at the head of all creation um but still his wicked priests uh who emulate his duplicity his self-interest and his manipulation uh to make others do exactly what they want you know it's they kind of bring they bring the whole vibe down. Karma. Uh, yeah, these priests often undermine or exploit the ordning to their own benefit. And so without careful investigation, it's impossible to separate these villains from the ranks of the priests of Memnor who are faithfully serving the ordning serving the ordning, you know, acting as advisors and advocates at every rank mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Giant society. So, you know, it's yeah, very much like you said like counterproductive and it, it's kind of hard to trust them because you never know which ones on the up and up yeah. and which one isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diane Kastra, who we discussed uh, her saga and and her uh, her cleverness, um, is the youngest child of Anam, born of a mortal giant mother. Shortly before Anam retreats had retreated from the material plane, uh, the saga of her effort to claim her full divine inheritance is a popular tale among giants who value guile and trickery over brute strength or even magical might. Mm-hmm. The tale is also beloved because it offers hope that Anam might emerge one day from his self-imposed exile. If his des- descendants can restore his faith in them. The saga tells of uh, the demigod boasting to her father of her clever deeds rather than her feats of strength. You know, she solved a sphinx's riddle. She plumbed the secrets of the ocean and stole a string of pearls from a god of the Kuatoa. And through these and many other exploits, She demonstrates not just her giant sized might, but also her bravery. And I love this, that it adds the the note that borders on foolhardiness. (laughs) Um, Well, brave and
1: stupid. It's a thin line. Okay.
0: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. (laughs) Very,
1: very, very thin line.
0: Uh, Her talent for trickery, which is often aided by magical illusions and Mm -hmm. her cleverness, you know, giants who value or seek to emulate these qualities, pray and sacrifice to her asking her blessing and those who hold out hope for the restoration of giant's ancient glory worship her as well imploring her to find a way once more to anam's secret sanctum and to persuade him to end his seclusion i
1: mean if anybody's going to do it
0: it's going to be her it's going to be Kostra. Her. and that's um, before we before we wrap up let's talk about the twins let's talk about grolantor and corantor so anam's youngest son and Karantor's younger twin is Grolantor, a brash braggart who takes enormous pride in his great strength. Um, some say it's his only redeeming quality. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Well, well. Tales so he's a of giant pain in the ass? Or? A little bit. Seems like it. Yeah, it's the, the exploits highlight his strength and his insatiable hunger. Uh, and most of them end with him in conflict with one of his siblings. <laughs> of um to Hill Giants, these stories make Rolantor a figure to be admired, but among the other oh. giants, he is the butt of every joke, always Everybody coming out poorly. Everybody knows this guy. Yeah. Everyone <sighs> knows who yeah, it's it's always We the, all know one. Everyone the knows the really a loud one. Uh-huh. You know, the one upper.
1: Uh-huh. That so. to him it's great and does not it does like right over his head that nobody else is right I'm right
0: like, yeah okay but cool uh these giants think he's a selfish boar who has mm-hmm. no respect for the ordnance as Grolantor refuses to see why his status should not be equal to that of stromus you know the storm giant uh god and his other brothers uh in addition to hill giants some frost giants admire his physical might and many ogres and eddins revere him as well Rolantor exemplifies the principle that the strong should take whatever they want without mm. regard for the needs of the weaker creatures. And while the ordning holds no meaning for hill giants, I mean they're they're on the bottom, so why would it? Right. Um, or ogres or ettins who are even lower. lower um, uh-huh. It's and so Once the only again. social order they recognize is might makes right.
1: Uh-huh kind of British boorish a little yeah. bit yeah yeah I can yeah I mean I, I will just throw it out there um he's not completely wrong
0: I mean in in execution he's not wrong just but... doesn't
1: see why his status shouldn't match his brothers like why I
0: mean, yeah that's true that's true. why not well if you thought he was bad <laughs> oh good uh Karantor is the elder twin and in a handful of myths, appears as a wicked schemer whose hatred of his brother knows no bounds. <laughs> so the <Okay>. Fomorians <laughs> once occupied a place in the Ordning corresponding to Karantor's place, uh-huh. but then he goes and incites them to assault the Feywild. Uh-huh. And so then they're banished into the Underdark, and yeah, so then is yeah, yeah. also banished into a right. subterranean prison. Ooh. Uh, So Mm if you dare to worship Karantor, even in secret, and in fact, superstitious giants believe that if his name is spoken, he might burrow up from the underdark to drag the speaker underground. (laughs) Exactly. No, for real. Uh, To an eternity of torture. So to avoid uttering his name, giants often refer to him as the banished son or the forgotten one, or (gasps) this one is the king that crawls. That is awesome. Say it. It's awesome.
1: King that crawls is just.
0: So still a few cults revere him, beseeching him for sinister magical secrets or to consume their enemies. And finally, uh, we're going to talk about a couple of uh, interloper gods. Um, You know, some, so because of Anam's withdrawal, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, this has caused ongoing upheaval. In the religious lives of giants across the material plane as it does uh you know you know some believe that he turned or he turned his back on his descendants in either anger or disappointment
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, some believe that he can be convinced to return if uh if the giants get get some act and then mm-hmm. they'll mm-hmm. be restored to their ancient glory but some giants believe that anam is dead and mm-hmm. not only is he dead but that he was petulant and unworthy of worship And so some of these giants look for purpose in the service of other gods or powers. And so giants who remain faithful to the gods of the Ordning call Mm -hmm. these other powers interloper gods, believing that they are trespassing on the territory of Anam's children and intruding into the affairs of giants. So a giant who worships these gods violates the Ordning, you know, the, the, their proper place in the multiverse. Mm -hmm. Um, is is above such monstrous beings, such as demon lords or elemental evils or right. just other gods in general that aren't Anam's children. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's upside down and backwards for a giant to serve these entities. And so giants who follow interloper gods are cast out of society if they are discovered. But they believe that the benefits mm-hmm. of serving those powers outweigh the risk of exile.
1: Faith is a powerful thing. Faith is a very powerful thing.
0: So, the first one that we'll discuss is Baph- Baphomet. You know, mm-hmm. we've discussed Baphomet in the past. Mm-hmm. The Horned King encourages his followers to embrace their fundamentally bestial nature. So, giants who delight in the frenzy of battle and bloodshed are easily lured to the Demon Lord's service. Uh, and also, stone giants who feel stifled and repressed by their society sometimes break free in dramatic fashion by embracing Baphomet's creed.
1: Like the entrance
0: before a show tune sure Uh, and then of course we discussed um, this one earlier in the show Vaprak Uh, some myths (laughs) suggest Vaprak is a child of Anam and thus properly (laughs) belongs to the Ordning but others just say he was formed from Anam's spilled blood Uh, but for a variety of reasons he is never accorded equal status to the All Fathers other children Known as the Destroyer, Vaprak is prone to mindless, uh, destructive rampages. And the god is described as a greenish creature that pretty much resembles a troll. Oh. Uh, okay. Indeed, legends suggest that trolls formed from Vaprak's blood in the same way that he came from a uh, Anam's. Uh, so that's why many trolls venerate him. Uh, some ogres also worship Vaprak. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also giants who despair, uh, who who dis- despair over the fact that they can never rise up in the ordning,
1: right, right. Uh,
0: service to a demon lord is tempting to many giants, particularly those frost and hill giants who value size and strength above all. And for these giants, demon worship paradoxically offers both freedom from the structures of the ordning, you know, the and from the notion of a cosmic order. In a more mm-hmm. general sense, right, 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 um, and exactly the kind of power that their Orning rewards. <laughs> oh, so it was a little weird, uh, and then finally, Demogorgon. Ooh. Demogorgon has few followers among the giants of the Orning, but Etans often recognize a kindred spirit in the two-headed demon lord. There is a kind of Eton cultist known as the De- uh, known as the Echo of Demogorgon. Uh, that's described in the book uh these are edans who have received demogorgon's hideous gifts right you know um, some legends claim that the first edans were orcs transformed by demogorgon the prince of demons uh while others tie their origin to Grolantor or another god of the ordning but whatever the truth is of their origin edans sometimes recognize a um, almost like a like a twin flame in Demogorgon, mm-hmm. and devote themselves nice, to a nice service. Nice. And those who prove exceptionally valuable to his purposes mm-hmm. are awarded with a and I u- again use the term loosely, <laughs> blessing oh, cool. that transforms them into monstrous echoes of their demon patron. Oh, cool. so <laughs> the arms of an echo of Dem Demogorgon transform. Fire transform mm-hmm. into powerful tentacles and they also um, I guess grow a second head because wow. it says the heads take on a more bestial appearance cool. the transformation leaves the echo frenzied with rage the two heads shouting and howling at I each mean... other with a fury that resounds with demonic magic sowing mm-hmm. discord and confusion around them as the Echo's monstrous heads roar and bite at each other, nearby creatures are wracked with psychic pain or join in the ruckus, attacking their allies. I mean, to be fair,
1: I'd probably be pretty enraged if a demon lord gave me a second head.
0: Yeah, it's it's like, man, I just wanted the tentacle arms, and I gotta have two heads, dang it. I just want
1: two tentacle arms, though, for whipping people with. I still want two normal ones.
0: Fair enough fair enough well so there you have it the glory of the Giants like I said if you want and to get some giant. more <laughs> some more lore uh from this book and from Giants you more, can uh, check out more, patreon.com D d lorecast we'll have mm-hmm. uh, a couple of different patreon plus installments uh ready and uh, willing to go for y'all but yeah this one's yeah. Uh, this one's uh ah. this one's pretty lore heavy and'm I'm, I'm a fan Super of it chunky
1: yeah oh absolutely I needed some good solid needed some good new lore.
0: That being like said, a... uh, join us again next week. We're going to be, uh, back on our planescape ish. Uh, and I couldn't oh, be happier. I couldn't oh, be happier. Aren't
1: we? Oh, it's going to be a mess.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, for letting us be a Thank part of your you. life for this short amount of time. And we hope to, we'll hope to talk to you soon. We hope to hope that you, uh, Keep listening. We hope to hear from you on on any of the social medias or on the Discord. Mm -hmm. My name is Sergio.
1: And I am Mary.
0: Fare thee well, dear listener, and until we meet again, may all your 20s be natural. Thank you for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast.
1: If you've enjoyed the show, consider following us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at d &D and or jumping into the Robots
0: Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll see you soon.
1: You've been listening to a Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting
0: people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.